0: Welcome
1: to the Collecting Confidence podcast, where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barrett. Hello and welcome to Collecting Confidence. My name is John Barrett. Today we're going to be talking with Amy Spitchgun. Amy is the owner of Lit for Life and she's also the founding member of the New Podcasters Association. And it seems like she's doing a lot, and it seems like all of us are doing a lot more. Even during these COVID times, we still are trying to book ourselves, do as much as we can. We've always been busy, 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 because we have this fear of missing out, and we see other people doing a lot of stuff, and we realize, hey, we could be doing more stuff too. So we tend to book ourselves to the point where we set ourselves up to fail and be stressed out. And we shouldn't do that, but we do. And Every once in a while, we need to just sit back, relax. I think of a time when I was working at a bank, U.S. bank, and I sort of adopted doing PowerPoints for people. Because of Toastmasters, I saw it as my job to help people be a better speaker, a better presenter. So I became the PowerPoint person. And at one point, three different conferences all came on the same weekend. And so we had 19 one hour PowerPoint presentations that I was supposed to help put together and then coach the people on how to do the presenting. And in a bank, you have to have a lot of people sign off on stuff. So I had to have 16 different people sign off on each of 19 different PowerPoint presentations after they were done. And I had two weeks to create, coach, and get sign off on all of these things. That's several hundred signatures that are needed. So I was constantly chasing people down, running around, trying to find people to sign off on stuff. And I had this big checklist and a big sheet, and I was going nonstop. During the night, overnight, I was working on the speeches during the day I was coaching and tracking down signatures. And I had just totally overbooked myself. And in my head, because I like singing, I tend to do parodies of songs. And I was singing some songs that uh, (laughs) kind of were my theme song, like we're going down, down, down. And I just hear that in my voice. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Not going to work. Not going to work. So I'm here hearing myself think this stuff as I'm trying to run around doing cat herding. Toward the end, it looked like it might work. It looked like I was going to get all the signatures I needed just in time. And I was literally standing outside of an elevator, waiting for someone to come off the elevator so I could get their signature. But I knew they had to come into work that day. I was not going to miss them. I stood outside the elevator. And in my mind, I guess I started doing a little victory dance. And so I was doing, this is my victory. It just might work. And I started singing. But it it was a very, to me, very real and, and, and very obvious way that that inner voice can be changed and how different it is when you're giving yourself that inner voice. But a lot of it was just that I had the time. I'd been running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I had the time to sit there in that lobby and just think. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, I think I could change my tune. I think this just might work. It was a little bit like the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. That's the power that we have though when we change that tune. And some of it is just taking that time to pause and think. And that's what we're gonna talk about today with Amy Spitschka. So stick around. And joining me now is Amy Spitschka. Amy is a certified yoga instructor and the owner of Lit for Life Yoga. Welcome, Amy.
0: Hi, John, how are you today?
1: I'm great. I'm glad to have you here and I know you're looking forward to this. And you're also looking forward to the first question which I warned you about which is what does <laughs> confidence mean to you?
0: Ooh, so confidence is to me beliefs. So and it's two different versions of it. It's your belief in yourself, right? Your self-belief, your foundational need to to feel okay and genuine in what you're doing and a perception belief of others, right? Because a lot of people can look at you and think you're totally confident, but you could just be faking it like crazy. So, so, you know, our, our perceptions have a lot to do with our, our actual confidence, I think. So if somebody is actually thinking you're a confident person and looking at you like, yes, I know what they're saying. It it really adds to your confidence. So you can be boosting yourself all you want, but you also have to have people also going along with you
1: and it's hard to tell if someone is confident just by looking at them and we might yeah boost them up when they're not confident and that'll help them or we might tear them down when they are confident so let's get into the lit for life yoga because i know that that's near and dear to your heart tell me about your your certified yoga instructor tell me about that
0: yeah so i'm an adult yoga instructor and a certified yoga kids instructor and i really started doing this because I found yoga made me a sane person. And so I I literally just kept doing yoga a couple times a week with a teacher and just recently more so. And then prior to this, I started probably doing yoga 20 years ago, really, and then had a break in between life happens. And then I kind of found it again. And and it was like, where have you been all my life kind of thing. And, And it was something that boosted my own confidence, but it was something that I needed to learn more. I wasn't just happy being the person who listened through the whole instruction, which I totally did enjoy for a long time. But at some point in time, I wanted to know more about the mythology, more about the, the actual like nitty gritty history of it and understand the mechanics of it. Cause a lot of yoga isn't just poses. And a lot of people think now modern yoga, there's so much about poses. No, so much of it is about a philosophical connection between your spiritual higher being, whatever you call it, nature. Um, if you call it God, spirit, what have you, and, and your own self, your personal self. So I needed to know more of that. And so I needed to learn and become a teacher myself. Um, And then I also wanted to be able to teach my kids. I just thought, you know, kids really need to know this. And I'm a homeschool mom. And I thought, I can't just watch some type of video and be like, yeah, I gotta be sincere and be confident again in what I'm doing and no more. So I became also a kids yoga instructor. So it took about two years, but I had a lot of time with the pandemic. A lot of a lot of virtual calls, a lot of online type of things that I yeah, did for, for yoga study. Yeah. And so now here we are. And I thought, well, I need to share this now. I've been teaching my kids. I've been teaching locally, but I need to teach more people. So that's where Lit for Life yoga has come in. Not only am I teaching locally at times, especially pro bono kind of things with the library and different places where I can teach just various people for inexpensively. I also want to be able to reach out to other people and then eventually have private clients that I can interact with and such. And this is getting them happy with themselves and connected with themselves spiritually as well as physically. And that's super important, right? That's super important for our Mm self-esteem, our caring for our bodies and getting past this period of time of craziness that we've been in recently.
1: So as you started down this path, how con- you must have had several years of yoga under your belt before you started looking at the education side of it. How would you say the education and the understanding helped with your confidence?
0: So what it made me realize is I didn't need to be absolutely 100% in every pretzel pose that's out there. I think it's really a very interesting thing. You know, yoga started out thousands of years ago as uh, uh, variations of meditations these new poses are are something that's modern a couple hundred years ago there were only a couple of poses and people could say oh a few more than that blah 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 but most of them were meditation based and and it was about the seat of the pose so how to meditate and what what type of seating position can you put your leg to totally amplify your connection to to spirit and to the ground and different variations of that. For me, it made me feel confident because I felt like each pose had something I could learn, but I didn't necessarily need to always do poses to modify and connect with my body, that I could do pranayama, which is breathing exercises of yoga. I could do meditation and mantra work, and I could do even chanting, these all have profound effects on our body. And it doesn't require us being in poses that are sometimes difficult or, and sometimes even painful and, and hurtful to our bodies um, and other times very restorative. So, so knowing what's right for you and your body and then learning what can help other people, it, it, it grows your confidence, but it also makes you feel like, it, it makes you feel like, you are connected more with those individuals and with yourself. So it's so much more gratifying.
1: How have you noticed the people that you've been helping, either young or old, gaining confidence as they gain the skills and the understanding?
0: So what I see in people is that when they learn these different things, they feel like they get an opportunity to go outside of where they think that they were. So a lot of times one with a posture let's say crow pose, that's a pose where you're on your hands and you're elevating your feet in a, in a way that you're essentially kind of in a crouched position, balancing on your hands. And most people think they could never do it in a million years. And they can't usually trust themselves to even sit there and hang there. And that's one of those poses that when you see somebody finally be able to just sit in that pose for two seconds, it's this, I did it oh my gosh, I never thought I could do it. <laughs> Blown minds. So that's one thing. And the other thing is that so many people don't think that they can do certain things. They have a concept of like a, like meditation or chanting or humming. They think it's either foo-foo or they think they could never do it because it's just this radical concept of time being spent in this pose and you have to be super still and all these things. So a lot of times it's through learning they find this release and this confidence that they can do anything that they want in meditation in chanting in whatever they want to elevate themselves and create that connection for themselves and they don't have to do it a specific way so i think it's so freeing so that's the one thing is that i learned that all these people just want the ability to do it in a way that makes sense for them and not always in a way that they see as pictures in a magazine or on TV or even at the local um, yoga studios or what have you. So it's, it's just very different for each person. And that individuality is is still, a, you can see the smile in their faces. You can see the that I wanna do more or I wanna try something different or harder. And it grows definitely over time. It's a beautiful thing to see.
1: And I, I know with meditation, That's kind of looking inward and listening to yourself or being aware of yourself, whatever. There's a lot right now in the world where we're hearing voices from other people. Social media is one of those places, and they totally light you up if you do something that they don't like, or if they think you're doing something wonderful, but they're not, then they try to make you feel stupid and pull you back down to their level. Tell me about that inner voice and what we can do to help combat and change that inner voice?
0: I think meditation in particular is so wonderful That for that because the more that you practice doing it, the less that inner voice is controlling of you. It doesn't dominate as much. It becomes quieter and calmer, and that calmness gives you a chance. You can step back with meditation. And instead of it being that that voice is like you have to be this way and you have to do this and you you are this way and that way and and all of that negative speak or or even crazy positive speak for people that are just like oh, I rock. There are people that are you know out there too on the opposite expect on the opposite spectrum. When you sit back and and you meditate, you're able to take some aspects of ego out of it and, and shed some of those layers, and then all of a sudden. You can see things for what they are more so you can see the stories that are being told in your head or to you what's really coming from you and your inner spirit and what's really coming from these doctrines or these different layers of things that have been told to you and said to you. And so by quieting your mind through meditation and doing it, I mean, it's a regular practice. I mean, I do it daily and I do different types of meditations and they all have some different aspects and, and positives and negatives as far as what you can get from it. Once you get that knowledge base of that, I can do this regularly and eventually it has this effect and you start to see that change in yourself, it's profound because you're not being driven by those voices anymore. You are the one who drives. It's not those voices that are these superficial things that are driving you. And it's always gonna be an issue, right? I mean, you're always gonna have those little things happen. And there's gonna be times where, you might slack off and you stop meditating for a little bit and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad or something like that. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, it's been three days. Gotta get back on the horse. That's part of just kind of how change in life happens. Things get thrown at you and, and you find those tools and meditation is a big one, at least especially for me, that help you to become that calm, confident person. And and that's the things that's that's just so Important in your life so that you are, like I said, in that driver's seat and not everybody else, and all those different things and all that inner voice that's actually like your mother from when you were five, or you know, or or maybe your high school teacher that you hated that would just be like da, da, da. they're the things that stick with you and you recreate you 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 recreate these ideas over and over in your head and you propagate them. But when you meditate. Or you spend time, you know, whether it be journaling or something like that also, to figure out what's your real voice. That's what allows you to become that person in charge of your own destiny. And that's what allows you to be able to take that next step and and say, I can do this. I can do this. I know I can. I am me. Here I am world. I think it's super important for anybody. To have some type of reflective period, meditation, journaling, whatever, but something that allows you to get your inner thoughts out there and get in and tap into that subconscious mind so that you really know what's you and what's them.
1: Well, as long as you brought up the five-year-old and the high school person, my research team says that you had an Appalachian upbringing, and I was wondering how confident you were as a child, and at what point that confidence went positive and or negative. What did you notice as a youth?
0: Ooh, Appalachia is a tough one for girls. <laughs> I, I grew up in Appalachia and I grew up in, a, in, a, in an area and, and in a church that was not very supportive for women at that time. And, and I don't know if, how it is necessarily now because I don't live in that area anymore. But I, what I found was I had lots of confidence for doing things because I just felt like I was smart, I could do it, I knew I could do it. And if I worked hard enough, I I could always see good things happening, right? And I think the only time I ever really had issues with confidence becoming a problem was much later, actually graduate school. And I had already left that part of the world and had moved on to Montana for graduate school. And it was my graduate professor, uh, my advisor. And I also had a, a person I was with at the time. And those two people, they were very toxic. And you you talk frequently with people about, you know, and, and I've heard you have different other podcasts too, uh, episodes talking about how people being around you affect how your confidence is. And it was true because these people were consistently negative and consistently putting me down and consistently telling me I wasn't good enough. And I started to believe them. And to the point that it, I, I became sick because of it. Like I actually hurt my body. It's not just a mental thing. It becomes a physical thing. And you start to show those signs. And here I went from growing up in an area in Appalachia where I felt like I had to fight kind of a bit of tooth and claw for being where I was doing what I was doing and always finding I could fight my way out and and, and succeed to... A big failure. I actually um, was supposed to be graduating with my doctorate in molecular biology, and I was forced into a master's, and that was a very painful thing. It was a very painful thing that happened, and it was all based on I had my my advisor. My advisor lied and threw me under the bus, and. Um, Held on to a paper that he published a year later that was supposed to be what allowed me to graduate. And that's extremely painful. And I'm not telling people this to be like, oh, woe is me. It was something that, even to this day, in the last, it wasn't until after I became a regular meditator a couple of years ago that I was able to get rid of these reoccurring dreams that would occur that were always me trying to find a way to get my doctorate back. I mean, it was something, you know, and this is, you know, more than 10 years ago you can definitely be derailed. And after that, I had to learn to trust myself again. I had to learn to hear my own voice again and not to hear somebody else's voice. And it took years to not get triggered. Being really aware of who's around you and caring about your body enough to say, I don't like how I feel with them and not allowing, you know, a long-term relationship or society saying, well, you're supposed to stay with this person or in my case with my graduate advisor, you're in there for four years thing. I could have just been like, nope, see ya. I'm just going to go to another institute, another professor, do whatever. And, and I even should have, I could have sued and I was so tired. I just couldn't. These are just life's challenges right and so for whatever reason i was supposed to learn a lot of lessons and i've learned a number of lessons since at the same time my confidence is very different now because of it because i do listen to my inner voice before it was like i was just kind of like always fighting to reach that goal Always fighting to make that achievement happen. And I was going to have it happen come hell or high water. But now it's more like, no, what do I actually want? What do I actually need? And what does my spirit tell me is the best thing for me? I wish so many times that I actually had known that as a kid and had learned so many of these things as a kid. And that's so that's one of the reasons also I became a yoga kids instructor, because I think for anyone to know and understand their own spirit and to learn their own needs and their inner voice and to stick with it is so important and critical for us to, to have lives that truly mean what we want them to mean and to truly get a chance to do those things that we want to do. We'll always have hiccups. That's just, that's the planet we live on. That's the realm we're in. Right. But to have the ability to give yourself the best opportunity that, that you don't get derailed in a way that, because you're just not conscious is totally different than consciously knowing you're being derailed and learning from it and moving on.
1: Well, I love what you said about things I wish I knew when I was a kid, because I will often ask people, if you could talk to a younger version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? But we can't do that. However, you could tell your own children and help your own children to gain confidence. What sort of recommendations would you have for parents who are trying to help their kids be confident?
0: Well, I think first of all, Is and I'm saying this from somebody who has. I have a six and eight year old old boys, and in particular, one of them is very, very creative. And and they're both very creative, but one of them is like, I'm going to build another world, and that other world is going to be how you know it's going to be just outside the moon and it's going to connect to the earth and it's going to connect to Mars and it's going to be like where people can go and live. And so it's going to, it's going to take care of all the homeless. And so he's got this, so it's great. He wants to like solve all these problems and do all these things. And obviously, you know, I, I don't want to, I think the big thing is, is I'm not quelch, I'm not squelching it. I'm not sitting there and going, Err. no, I'm let him know that these things are going to take engineering and learning. And these are the things you're going to have to do. And so you need to spend time on your math and you <laughs> <laughs> you know, take advantage of those opportunities. But I think the biggest thing is that allow them to be themselves, worries, fears, happiness, sadness, joys, silliness within reason, as long as they're not hurting themselves and they're not destroying the house, because there is some levels of that that does occur and teach them to be able to stop and spend time and listen to themselves. Listen to what their voices are saying, because so many times those voices become our voices as parents so quickly, and you want them to be able to hear, is this mom and dad, or is this me saying that? So many kids don't know they have a voice and don't know how to allow their voice to be heard. And I don't mean them not talking. There'll be kids that'll talk a million miles an hour and yet they don't have an idea of what their actual inner thoughts are. I mean, being able to sit down and even if it's just for a few minutes, just take time, chill out, calm down, do whatever you need to get them to chill and and rock out or whatever. You can do a song dance, you can do shaking, you can do whatever, and then let them sit with their own self. It doesn't sound like it's something that is too hard, but I mean, kids have a hard time sitting. <laughs> I mean, let's just face it. They're wiggle worms and, and some kids are worse than others. And, you know, there are some kids that could sit for half an hour and you're just like, Whoa, you know, you're going to be, you know, the Dalai Lama one day. And, and there's other kids that if you make it to 30 seconds, you're lucky. So whatever their calmness is, is, whatever their version of it is, allow them to sit and for you to sit with them and just allow them to be just relaxing, doing whatever. And then at the end, ask them, what did you think about? What did you talk? What did, did you hear anything in your head? What thought happened? And discuss those with them because sometimes a lot of times they're silliness and such like that. But at the end, challenge them to say, I want you to get to the point where all those just thoughts that are there kind of just drift away and just sit in silence and see if you can sit and not hear anything just for a second or two and allow them to experience what real silence is. And I think, I think by anybody learning what real silence is, because as adults, we just don't know real silence (laughs) and with social media and the world getting crazier with, you know, everything, our phones and what have you, we don't know real silence. So helping a kid experience real silence is profound. And if you can do it outside, you get bonus points because for them to do it outside and for instance, real silence as in the silence of their thoughts, allowing them to hear birds Mm -hmm. and allowing them to actually hear the wind and to tell you what they actually experienced during that time is huge because... They just are going and moving and ground, you know, and they don't understand how to actually connect in and plug in and fill their own spirit and hear their own voice without the chaos that we have now around them, you know, with the television and the video games and everything. So I think it's, and I think it's getting harder because of all this social media. Quite frankly, so we got to teach him all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that would be my biggest thing.
1: And I think we have to learn too that social media. We we tend to oh yes uh, sometimes have imposter syndrome when we're trying something because it's new and we're not great at it. And for whatever reason, we might uh, hesitate and hem and haw. And I know one of the things for me um, was starting off a podcast, and I did it as a result of Toastmasters, and I'm. I'm still suffering a little bit from imposter syndrome, not because I'm a perfectionist, which is one of the big key things. I'll never be good enough. This will never be good enough. But just because I I haven't done it a lot and I haven't I don't have the years of experience doing it. So when I think about that, that's one of the things that, you know, at least I've stopped putting it in air quotes when I tell people I'm a podcaster. But you are now going to be starting a podcast as well. And my research shows you are actually one of the founding members of the New Podcasters Association. So I'm wondering if you tell me just a little bit about that and about what you've seen with New Podcasters.
0: Yeah. So our group, the New Podcasters Association started, well, Joey Krikorian and myself started this organization in March of last year. So it's almost been a year. <laughs> it's crazy to think. Uh, but we, we started it with the idea that we did, we, there's so much stuff that we don't know. We started randomly inviting people saying, hey, if anybody wants to join, it's not for newbie newbies, but it's for people who are just getting started to people that have been doing it for a while, but still want to get to know new things and and get some help. And it's a really nice support group. There's a core set of members and we interact with each other and help each other and (laughs) help each other get past imposter syndrome. That's a big Mm -hmm. one for most of us. The New Podcasters Association uh, meets weekly and we meet online and we just have become kind of this pod family that gives each other ideas helps each other through problems, has speakers that come on, but it's, it's just a great way to get it out there. And, and for me, I've been learning bits, little by little, bit by bit to, to uh, get my own stuff started. What works, what doesn't work, what mic you need to have, what equipments you do and don't need. And, and what I've, I've learned over the, the whole period of time is that if you're going to do a podcast, at least do it authentically. So be your true, authentic self in the best way you can. Um, even if you're trying to make it, doing it for money, or if you're doing it for just fun, it doesn't matter. But being authentic and and really feeling that way is how you keep yourself motivated and going.
1: Where you can do this for money and
0: yeah, <laughs> <and, and, laughs> right. Well, you they they are there are people that do. And so I think that's that's it's a really great opportunity with having this group for us to. Kind of grow together, right? We're we're kind of <laughs> when 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 one person has a problem, well, somebody has an answer, or we can find somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who can get us that answer, and we invite them on and ask them all kinds of questions. It's a a great experience to to have other people to kind of going go through the the ringer together or or experience this newness together and and build confidence together, right? Because that's really what it is. Is that if you have a whole bunch of people just, you know, that are just kind of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then you're just like, well, let's figure it out together. It's amazing how much your confidence builds by just amplifying the number of people that are, are, are not feeling confident about that, this subject area.
1: Yes. I, when I was doing some research on imposter syndrome, perfectionism is one of those things where I'll never be good enough. This will never be good enough. Mm-hmm. I think there was a um on an ah in my talk. That's one of the things that holds people back. And I remember I saw something posted in the new Podcasters association about, you know, launch ugly and just get it out there to begin with, because it will never be perfect. It'll never be good enough. And you'll always find better stuff as you go along, but you got to get started. And if you don't get started because it's not perfect, you'll never get started because you'll always find something.
0: Right. And there are people that, you know, people have a hard time listening to their own voice. Um, It's always, there's always some aspect of things. You don't feel like you know enough in your subject area. You feel like you—I mean, you name it. I mean, quite frankly, I've heard everything under the sun, and I felt a good bit of them myself. And the big thing about it is that to be true to you and to be able to get out what you want to get out, and if you don't do that and you're not authentic and authentic in doing it, you're more likely to fail. I—I I feel because one, you're just doing whatever you want to do for the time being, and you're not really putting any effort into it. And two, I feel the authenticity is required. Even if you're flubbing up and messing up, it doesn't matter. Being authentic about it <laughs> because people notice, people can tell, people are, they're like, they're like heat seeking missiles, right? They can <laughs> sniff it out and they can tell when somebody's just kind of playing at it and, and doesn't really care about it. So at least care about what you're doing. This is the biggest thing I think is the take home.
1: Well, and you've got a podcast coming out soon, and you've got mm-hmm. Lit for Life Yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a way that people can connect with you and find you online?
0: Yeah, you can look. You can look me up at um, at an in, in Instagram, at Amy Spitzka. It's just A M Y S P I C K A. And currently, right now, um, you can also you can also email me at Lit for Life, and that's L I T F O R L one because we only have one life, <laughs> at least that we know of at the moment, F-E, so L-1-F-E, at yahoo.com. Those are the the two ways that anybody can, easiest ways for people to, to contact me currently.
1: All right, we'll try to have that in the show notes. Before we go, is there a tip that you can give people to help them to gain or maintain their confidence?
0: I think I have to say the biggest thing that if you're going to do something that you're not feeling confident about, spend the time and sit. Don't rush into it. Do I mean, obviously there's times where you have no choice and you have to just go barreling in. But if you have the opportunity or can make the opportunity, stop and sit and allow yourself to really think about your breath, following your breath and allowing any of those thoughts that you might have just to release and relax. And it's, it's not really necessarily a meditation because this is more of a call to awareness. So being mindful of what's going on in your head and your body and giving your body a chance to get out of that crazy flight or fight or whatever mode you might be in, but chaotic mode you might be in and to calm down. Um, I would recommend that for anybody who's going to go and speak, for anybody who is about to give you know, whether it be speaking in front of a live audience or doing a presentation or even (laughs) about to do a podcast. Um, (laughs) I would would highly recommend just taking those few minutes and calming everything down and allowing yourself to be in the situation. Know if your heart's racing or not and see if you can calm it down know if you're breathing shallowly shallowly are you or are you having nice calm breaths but just allow yourself to have a few minutes and become part of wherever you are and situated in your moment and I think just being in that moment and being aware of yourself in that moment allows you to become more confident even if you're scared out of your wits
1: Well, thank you very much for sharing all of that. Best of luck with Lit for Life and the podcast. And I'm looking forward to hearing those episodes.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it, John. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's tip of the day is to pause, breathe, and gain some confidence. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can get more information about confidence and check out the merchandise store on the website at collectingconfidence.com. If you like what you heard, subscribe and pass the link along to a friend who needs to collect confidence. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It's one of the only ways to know if I'm doing a good job. Another way to let me know is to go to the support page. Consider making a small monthly pledge. A pledge as small as the cost of a cup of coffee each month goes a long way to keep the episodes and the information coming your way. The last way to let me know what you think is to drop by our Facebook page or send me an email at john at collectingconfidence.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence.